When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Hello, welcome to Chairs AR. My name is Meads and I'll be your host. We've got Jay in this building. We you saying, Broski? Yeah, all good, man. All good. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? I think, obviously, I just wanted to say, Shems is still away on annual leave, you know what I mean? So it's just me, me and Jay today, but... A lot to talk about, so... I'm excited to get into it, to be fair, because I feel like it, even though the result didn't go our way, it, it weren't entirely what we wanted. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm positive about about the weekend. So yeah. Um, I I hear what you're saying. I think there was a lot of positives to take from the game. Um, and there's obviously more, I guess, because it's off the back of a decent result. If you look at it, you take a two-two against Arsenal. Would you? I don't know. But after the performance. Probably a little bit disappointed, but I guess coming into Brentford um, at home, lunchtime kickoff on Saturday, those are usually quite tricky ones. I can't lie. Um, but yeah, I think the squad's in decent shape, in, in decent nick. Um, and I, I, I think Chelsea fans really can have cause and have, I guess, room for optimism, in my opinion, given how things have transpired transpired given how the season started I know it was all doom and gloom even myself I could say that I was somewhat negative of what I was seeing but I think you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel if that makes any sense so yeah Brentford, Brentford at home pretty big game in the context of things I think Chelsea would be a little bit disappointed to, to obviously had the start they've had given the fixtures that they've had given the teams that they've played against um, I think Brentford is a, is a, is a massive massive considering how we've struggled for a number of years against Brentford since they've been in the Prem. Um, but yeah, Jay, how, how are you feeling about yeah Brentford in general? Yeah, like, I, I completely agree. In terms of it being a big game, let's let's get one thing straight. We're not talking about the you know the difficulty of of the the opponent in terms of like how big they are as a club and stuff like that, and the players that they have. But just in general, the fixture has been a big it's been a bit of a fall in our side for for the last couple of seasons you know what i mean maybe even more than that um even i think under Tuchel when we were playing well we had games against Brentford that were tough bro so i think if we if we could go into this game confident which i think we will do and obviously get the result in a very comfortable manner i think that will say a lot about this side like this season in terms of where we can go and obviously this run that we've got the fixtures are, are quite difficult it could have started off much much better I think it could have started in a way that a lot of Chelsea fans maybe thought um, well actually a lot of Chelsea fans were quite positive about how it could start um, because of the run of games that we had before it going into the Arsenal fixture but any like obviously we all know we drew that game still a decent result like you said but you know, beating Brentford comfortably will be, I think, 
a nice little marker to kind of go on and then, you know, perform the way we have been doing over the last few games and, and maybe get some some more wins in this difficult run that we have. Yeah, I feel like Chelsea have an opportunity here to really set their stall out and just be like, you know what, we're, we're here to really compete. And um, I think in games of previous weeks, you could probably see that a team's really starting to come together and um, starting to take take shape. If, if we're being honest, um, so I think yeah, like you said, it's, it has been a tricky um, a tricky team to play against home and away. Um, but I think, given the way that Chelsea have been playing in recent weeks, um, given that our you know offensive players are starting to look like they're they're in the mood now and starting to take shape, I think anything other than a win will be a very disappointing result. And I think ultimately. We're at a point now, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, where, you know what, performances for now, I'm okay with them not being that polished. I just need us to get pick up some points, man, because, you know, the, the Prem is unforgiving. And if you get to a position where you're consistently not winning the game where you should be winning on the balance of play, then you're always going to be looking, you know, you're always going to actually, you're never going to be looking up, to be honest. Um, you're always going to be inconsistent. And I, I just feel like we need to really get some consistency in our ability to put games away, essentially. Because, yeah, yeah Brent, Brentford, we primarily, we always tend to have tricky games against them where it's like they have a chance, we have a chance. It's never really a, a controlled thing. Like, we never really ever dominate Brentford, like, throughout the entire game. There'll be periods in the game where we're dominant, but we don't put them away. We might get the one goal, and then they come at us like animals, and they, they, they fist us up. It, it feels like that pattern every time we play them. And it is so annoying, so frustrating. And I feel like they're a team where it's like you can always always smell like they're a team that you could drop points against. Because it's, you know, thing it, it's, it's And you know what means as well? Like you're spot on, bro. Like in terms of the way that the pattern of the game and how it goes, a lot of the time it's, it, it, it is like that. And it's also like a physical, it's, it's a proper physical challenge against them. Like, and that's where. I feel like this time going into the game, obviously after what we just saw in our last game, you, you feel like you're, you're, you're quite confident in this team going into that game physically ready, phys- like physically dominate the game. And like you're, like you're saying, like we need to kind of win this game but and, and not have that kind of pattern where it's like, you know, you have a chance, we have a chance, or there's mm. periods where they're bullying us do you know what I mean? That like they're bullying us for like 10, 20 minutes and they're, and they're peppering the keeper. Like we all remember that famous game of like Mendy. Mendy, Mendy having Mendy to Mendy pull Mendy. off. Yeah, yeah. Like he yeah. had to pull off like how many saves, bro? And it's like, I, I, like, I get it. It's the Premier League and you're always going to have tough games. But games against Brentford, respectfully, they shouldn't be going like that against the team like Chelsea. Not with the players that we've even had in the past. Do you know what I mean? Forget about even this squad. We've had, even in our squad before this, we had top top players in that squad, and and we're you know we're like you're saying they're fisting us up like, and it's not it's just not right. You know what I mean? We we need to fix that. I think this weekend. Agreed, agreed. And I feel like we talk about like I think we speak privately in in regards to Chelsea and our on our current setup and our squad and the players that we got available. And I think we're we're building something pretty nice here. And I think just on a technical level, I think this Chelsea team is probably one of the better technical teams that we've seen. So you've obviously got Enzo, you've got um, Sterling, who's pretty technical. I think you've got Mudrick, who's relatively technical as well. I think he just needs to polish up. You've got Cole Palmer, who's very, very technical, very technically gifted. Um, Ian Matson again, very technically gifted. Uh, I think throughout the team, Caicedo, just generally throughout the team, you've got a very good technical base. I think probably the only one that is a little bit not, up there in terms of the technical proficiency is Conor Gallagher. And we'll get onto my boy a little bit later on, but that, you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But yeah, a CG, CG is, um, he's not quite there in terms of his technical proficiency, but he makes up for it in many other ways still. But um, yeah, I feel like we, we've got the capacity to really hurt teams. And I think it's good that you mentioned physicality because on the physical side of the game, I think Chelsea are, are actually pretty good. You know what I mean? I don't think that there's been a game this season where I felt like we're getting completely ran over. Yeah. That's because, like, like I said, like against Brentford, usually they will give us a game, and it's like they're they're really physically on us. Like, and it's like 
we can't really breathe or get out. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's because on the on the physical side, Brentford are really, really on it. Like their physical game is really, really good. Um, and Chelsea actually need to match that or better it. Absolutely. That's like at the root foundation of the basically. Chelsea needs to match their intensity, match their aggression, and match their physicality. If you do on the technical level, Chelsea should really blow them away. Um Bro, yeah. But I like You've actually hit the nail on the head, bro. Like, honestly, it literally is that if, if we go into the game with that kind of mindset, and I'm pretty confident a lot of the players will. Um, I think even Pochettino said, like, um, you know, players like um, Enzo and, and Caicedo weren't even really at it in terms of mm. where they should be at physically because, obviously, they just come back from South America. So what I'm expecting going into this game, I know it sounds... It's not it's not harsh, but it, it sounds like you're asking for a lot because of what they just gave us. You know, they did give us a, a massive, massive performance for most of the game on the weekend. But this is the Premier League. You have to go again. You have to do it again. Do you know what I mean? And, and unfortunately, oh, cool. like... And it's a week later. It is. It's, it's, it's a week exactly. later. You imagine you fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting because I, I look at our team and like you said, Enzo Fernandez and Caicedo unfortunately weren't really fresh. I don't see why the game couldn't have been played on the Sunday, but you know what I'm saying. But at the same time, Chelsea, how, how I look at it, Chelsea can't really complain about time and fixtures and blah because we're not in Europe, we're not playing extra games a week. So in terms of freshness, we can't really be complaining about when yeah, about scheduling. Fact. Yeah, but. But ultimately, Caicedo and Enzo only had like a, a day and a half to recover, really, from their international travels. Um, but ultimately, that's how it goes, man. When you, get, when you get top players and they're playing for their country, it's just a, that's part part of the game. You know what I mean? I think Arsenal had some players that also came back from international duty relatively late, so you just have to hold it still. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. In terms of Enzo and, and Caicedo, they didn't look their sharpest. But I, I'm anticipating after a week of training and some recovery too. Um, that they're going to have a, a, a really good game. Um, because I think in bits and parts, I think Enzo and Caicedo look pretty decent. I think Enzo was a little bit quiet in the second half last um, in the last game. But I think, yeah, Caicedo was OK. I think he made a couple of sloppy errors. But again, that just looked like tiredness because he ironed that sort of deficiency. Like Because obviously the first couple of weeks, he looked a little bit, not shaky, but I think he just looked a little bit too eager. And he was just making... Um, just a little bit of mistakes and like, holding on to the ball a bit too too much. Um, yeah. Over the last couple of weeks, like he's been really impressive. Like the way he's been using the ball, the way he's been like not. We, we don't need to talk about his off the ball work because off the work is sensational. But in terms of like just being able to be a body in the and be a shield and be a um, someone that you could play it to and he knocks it around you real quick, like easy. Like he's a proper, like one thing about Kaiser that's really surprised me, not really surprised me because I, I saw him at Brighton a lot and obviously we used to talk about, we need this guy, we need this guy. But he's actually a baller and I think a lot of people actually understate his passing ability. He's actually a really good partner. You know, yeah, I, mean? I, like, I watched, I watched well, the first half today. I watched the first yeah. half today and, and some of the some of the bits of play from him in terms of like really mature bits of play where he's just playing nice little one touch passes and just calming it back down and you know he's not yeah. you're right. I f- I think a lot of people don't actually realise how good Caicedo is on the ball. And and I'm even one of them. I think I've seen him play a couple of really nice passes. I think there was a really good passage of play as well where we build up play. I think it's in the second half and Arsenal are trying to press and they're not. They're not really. You know. They're not really affecting us. And and then Caicedo gets the ball. He just clips it. Like switches play. And it's, it's just so clean. And I think um, it's refreshing having a player back that can that can kind of do that kind of off the ball work that you know players like Kante used to give us and stuff like that. But the same thing used to happen with Kante as well. It's like you 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 see him to play so well defensively that you forget how good he is on the ball. And yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have um, Caicedo in this team, yeah. and it's nice to see. It both really sides. is. It really is heartwarming because you're like, we lost a real G in Angola, bro. Like a real legend of the game, and to get a Caicedo win, who I don't say, I'm not saying that he's as good as, but he's got so many qualities to his game that you're like, you know what? I I love the fact that you're comfortable on the ball at the base of midfield 
And I don't even tradition. I wouldn't even say that Caicedo is really a six, but I think he's got all the weaponry to be a good six. If that makes any sense, I think he's more yeah. of a box to box destroyer, like an Ingolo Kante, to be honest. But I think he's got so much in his weaponry that you could put him pretty much anywhere on the pitch, and he'd make a very, very, very good um, contribution. And that, that's some that's some praise for a player like him who's still only twenty what twenty one, twenty two. Um, yeah. So yeah, man, I think I think Caicedo and though they should really turn up um, in this game. Because most definitely, against yeah. Brentford. they have to. They have to really. Um, and obviously, that that's not forgetting the main man in Capo Capo Connor. So um, yeah, man, I think Chelsea's shape. And I think it's funny actually, Jay. We want to talk about it in terms of like the starting lineup. You asked me midweek, do you stay with the you stay with the same lineup that played against Arsenal? And I I, I said, nah, I think I'd, I'd bring in Jackson, but then who who drops out? And that, that's a bit of a tough one for me, if I'm honest. Um, so let me throw that question back at you. Given what you saw against Arsenal, um, would you go with the same eleven with Cole Palmer as the false nine? Because I think Cole Palmer in the first half. Pretty good, some good things to be honest. He did some really good things. Um, so this is what the you thing. Said? yeah, this is the thing, you know what? At, at first, I initially had that had that thought as well. Of you know what, especially where today I watched the first half of Arsenal again, and people kept saying, like, I, I saw people kept uh keep talking about, oh, like Colwell's just knocking the ball into space, like he's not he's not looking for mm. anybody. Thiago Silva's just knocking the ball into space, but what people didn't realize was. Sterling and Mudrick were the guys that were meant to be getting forward for us in our last game against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And every time we knocked that ball, we, every time the defenders looked up to try and knock the ball in behind or to somebody up there, there was literally nobody. Because we were doing so much work defensively in terms of just structure and making it hard for Arsenal to play and doing all those kind of things, that when we did get the chances to 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 go in behind or you know, to, to kind of play the ball up there and get up the pitch. We didn't have a recognised striker to hold up mm-hmm. the ball. So what Colwell was doing, sometimes Colwell was trying to put it in behind and see if Mudrick could kind of get on his bike and, and obviously affect play that way. Sterling the same. But it wasn't working, if we're being honest. Like, that, like it, it just, that part of the game, that if there was any criticism about our part, our game on the weekend, it was just in in those moments we were a little bit untidy but obviously there was a clear reason as to why as well because we kind of sacrificed that part of our game for a bigger game plan if you get what i'm saying but mm-hmm. i i just think against brentford this is the thing i could easily say oh you know what jackson should be able to rattle those center backs that that he plays against but i also think that those center backs for brentford would love to kind of play against the striker. But mm. I could see them also getting rattled by that same front three that we played on the weekend because of the intelligence of players like Palmer, Sterling and Mudrick. And and the other thing is, I'm, I mean, I'm liking Mudrick playing week in, week out. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'm liking it. I'm liking the fact that he's getting these opportunities and we're giving him the kind of platform to try and become the player that everybody thought, you know, he could become when we signed him. So it's 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 a very hard one because I also want Jackson to start firing. I think before he was dropped from the game for Arsenal, um, I think he'd scored in the last game. So he hasn't necessarily yeah. done anything wrong either. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's a tough Here's one. my thing, though. And it's funny because you said dropped and I don't think he was, he was injured. Um, but yeah, again, yeah. like we say, when we talk about injuries, yeah, they propose an opportunity for some players, and uh, the manager took different decisions and changed their mind on certain things. And um, so the Jackson one, for me, I definitely agree that there was a game plan. Um, but like you said, rightfully, I, I don't think it particularly worked um, because I think we kept giving the ball away. Um, and Arsenal were just, and by the same time, I don't think I think we see the possession anyway. So I think against Brentford, you might get a bit more joy if you have a recognised striker playing those, uh, so running onto those balls. Because I think Mudrick and um, Sterling against Arsenal for one, 
um, they weren't really getting that opportunity to run in behind. I know Mudrick at some instances tried to, but I don't think it was really enough, um, especially when you've not got that real focal point up top. And, you know, Palmer dropped into the midfield as well. So it just, they were somewhat isolated, which was okay because I think in terms of 1v1 situations, I think they got it. But when it came to the long play that passes into the into the channel, it just wasn't really quite working. Um, so, yeah, against Brentford, I, I think for me, I, I, I understand your thinking because I think, yeah, Palmer as a false nine could definitely cause some issues. Um, but where I'd say, yeah, where I'd say, I, I actually think if you play a recognised striker against most of these prem defenders, especially someone like Jackson, who's a real handful, like Jackson is like, like even when he came on the pitch, for example, against Arsenal, um, and we'll touch on that a little bit later on, but you could see that he was hungry. And it don't even matter if he, like, he, he's not getting the chances to put the ball in the net, but you could see he actually caused issues and caused disruption. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's very, very important. Um, when you play a, a false nine, it's, things have to be way more measured. And when you have... Uh, and I think you, you can be a bit measured, I guess, um, but it has to be so precise. And these teams, especially the smaller teams, won't give you the space to really be um, as precise as you want to be. In the bigger games, things need to be a bit neater and need to be a little bit um, crisp. And even if you look at the goals that we scored, um, well, we'll just talk about the... Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later on. But I'm just saying, in terms of like the way that we play, it's just like, I think with Jackson, you get you cause more danger. You cause more problems. And yeah, I think yeah. that for me is more, more, more important. I think if you go into a team... You, you look at that team and you think, eh, it's, it's, there's danger there, but I don't really smell goals. I don't really smell, smell a threat, basically. Yeah, and I, agree. I agree. I think if you play with Jackson, you, you definitely get more warning signs as a defender and as a team. And I think that will also impact the way a team will play against you too. So I feel like Jackson, even if, if it ain't working, then yeah, you could shift it about, you can move it about. But I don't know, man. I think Jackson for me, Considering he didn't play because of an injury, I think you you, you start him. To be honest, you start him. Yeah, and um, and it's important that it's important that he does come come back in as well. I, I, like I'm not saying one or the other shouldn't happen. Um, mm. I was just trying to make a point about like you know you, where you could see it happening, but I do agree that yeah, Jackson, yeah. I, I do agree that Jackson needs to come back in because essentially we're still working on this. Do you know what I mean? It, like obviously some fans don't like it. Um, we don't like the fact that we have to work on this um, this area of uh, on the pitch with Jackson and stuff. A lot of people are trying to call for a more recognised striker, and yeah, it is what it is. But at the moment, as it stands, you got to work with him. Do you know what I mean? And you got to try and get him to that point where he can be the guy to be getting us goals. And 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 let's be fair to Jackson as well. A lot of people are trying to be a little bit negative about Jackson now, but. At the start and even in the Liverpool game and all these other games, he showed more than enough to 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 be confident about this guy trying to get it right. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I think you're right. Like in this game against Brentford, it's, an, it's, it's also an opportunity for him to come back into the team, hit the ground running with maybe getting, you know, one or two goals if he can and kind of shooting us to a victory and then going from there. Do you know what I mean? So it is really, it is a really important game for Jackson as well, I think. I agree, because, I mean, if you look at his appearances, he, he's played 10 games, only scored three goals. So I'm like, OK, I can get why people are getting a bit frustrated. And then, to be honest, to Jackson and with Jackson, as much as I like him as a player, I think he's fantastic. He's had plenty of opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not me rubbing him out and saying, you know, what, he's not good enough. No, he's had plenty of opportunities to score goals. He hasn't. Um, so there's going to be some um, itchy fingers, basically, from fans, which is understandable. And I'm not going to begrudge fans for saying, you know what, I kind of want someone that's a bit more proven. Um, but at the same time, proven is never guaranteed. That's what I'm going to say. So when you've got a player that has proven goals, there no, there's very few guarantees in football. You know what I'm saying? So I think we need to be very, very careful um, in regards to just dropping him and rubbing him out because... I think he's a confident boy, um, but, you know, I think you need to give him support, really. 
because he's a player that for me that looks like he'll play on support. Um, and yeah, I, I think honestly, I'm I'm going with Jackson. I start Jackson, and yeah, let let it ride, man, because I think yeah. he, he's got enough quality. He's he's got enough goal threat. That's one thing that is important as well as a striker. How dangerous are you when you're on the pitch? How threatening are you when you're on the pitch? And I think he's definitely threatening. Even though yeah. goals haven't quite been flowing in yet, I think he's he's definitely a danger. So yeah, man, I'm 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 interested to see how it kind of works out. Um, but yeah, I'm I, I, yeah, I'm very interested to see um how that kind of pans out. But I want to go. I want to ask you for your team. Um, I guess before we move on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, because I do want to. There's a couple of things I want to mention. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a couple of things I want to mention. That that centre back pairing between Thiago Silva and Colwell, I liked what I saw, but we, we'll move on to that. Into we're going on to the Arsenal review now. But um, yeah, I just want to know what what you're saying for your team anyway. Do you know what if 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 the Sassy still isn't fit, personally, I wouldn't want to see Badia Shill back until the Blackburn game. So I'd love to see mm-hmm. him get his first appearance against Blackburn. I think that's perfect for him to come in against Blackburn and, and, you know, get his fitness. And it's a decent game for him to kind of, you know, get back to, to, to get back into action for Chelsea. But personally, yeah, you know me already. Massive, massive Levi fan. So I, feel, I And I'm obviously a massive fan of him playing at centre-back as well. So I think um, if I, I think you could go with the same back line. Mm. The only thing we don't know is how ready is Reese because he did come on at the end mm. of the Arsenal, and the fact that he came on at the end of the Arsenal game, the fact that he is our captain, you kind of only you know there's only one thing that's going to happen really. If they were sensible, though, what I would say is that if they were sensible. They don't start Reese, personally, yeah, because of obvious reasons. We all know as fans, yeah. So um, Gusto's shown enough. I think even his performance for the majority of that game last really uh, the, yeah, it deserves it's like really you know. It's like kind of saying as a manager, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> I, I noticed you. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and I don't think he needs to be told that. I think Gusto has been given. I think he he sees that he's trusted by the manager, but. If he was to still start knowing that Reese James is back fit now, I think it would just be a nice little touch for Gusto as if to say, you know what, I noticed that performance against Arsenal. Here you go, start against Brentford. Secretly mm. knowing that you're holding James back because we don't want to throw him in too quickly. Because we know Reese, our boy, he's he's world class, we know that, but he's also a little bit slow to get going. Do you understand? Yeah. When he comes back from injury, it's always a couple sluggish games, and then we yeah. see Reese. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, I think I wouldn't be mad at the same back line. I wouldn't be mad at the same back line. I think Kukurea also deserved, I think he deserves, you know, a chance to play left back. And it was nice to see players in their position. So all of mm. those factors, I wouldn't mind seeing the same back line. Obviously, the midfield speaks for itself. Um, they've had a fantastic three, four games uh, so far, like recently. Um, and then, yeah, we just spoke on the front line. I think I am with you. I think a striker does need to come back in. I didn't like what I saw in terms of the ball just got into nobody. I didn't like that. It made me feel very uneasy. Do you know what I mean? So um, the only question is, <laughs> I don't want to drop Woodrick. <laughs> That's the That's only problem. It's tough, isn't it? It's <laughs> tough. Poch hasn't got an easy job still. Poch hasn't got an easy job. It's tough. And I'm looking I at it, I'm do, thinking, I think like, I do, you, you drop you out. That's rough. I, I think I just do Sterling. I, I, ah, oh, mate. I feel bad saying this, but I just it would be Sterling, Jackson, Palmer. But mm. like I said, if I saw Mudrick, I'd be ecstatic because I, I think, yeah, I've just been happy for the boy for the last three, four games. Like in terms of him getting his opportunity and that, and he looks happy. He looks like he's, he's, he's in well, a good man. 
he that yeah. mentally like he's in a good space. So I feel like we we we, we I think to be honest, Poch has like managed that situation pretty well. Um, I mm. think he's kind of built his confidence up, which is very needed. Um, because yeah, man, I, I think that at that point it was looking very very long for him still. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, with well, Correa. Mudrick and Conor Gallagher has been nothing short of exceptional. It's been some of the best man management I've seen for a while. I can't lie. Fantastic, bro. Fantastic, honestly. Um, but yeah, I guess we could um, ever so swiftly move on to the Arsenal game. Um, feels like an age away. Feels like an age ago now. But honestly, now that the dust has settled and I've managed to watch the game a couple times now, um, I can be a little bit more objective in my assessment of the game. And I think, yeah, me and you both could be a bit more, more um, objective and fair in terms of our assessment of the game. I don't think much in terms of my thoughts have changed too much, but I think um, a lot more has been open in terms of my eyes in terms of performances and, you know, who I thought was really good, who I thought wasn't too good. Um, but, yeah, man, I think the first half, I thought it was a, a pretty good, good account of ourselves. I think, again, there was one of our better performances Similarly to the Liverpool game, I thought that it just... I think the Liverpool game from start to finish, I think we were really, really good. Um, I think in this game, I think we were good for about 60 minutes, 60, 70 minutes. Um, but I think in the first couple of phases of the game, a little bit tetchy. And I think even Arsenal as well, I think it was just a little bit lacking in quality. I think a lot of stray passes, a lot of um, dispossessions. But I think we were um, probably the, the side in, on top and we got into our flow a bit better. And that kind of culminated with a goal. Um, and that came from the penalty, obviously. But the bit of play in the build-up to that was just amazing. Um, and I think Kelsey just looked like a team on the ascendancy. And he looked like we looked like a team that had no fear. Like we didn't care that like, who Arsenal were that like, who, who Arsenal think they are anyway. Let's not even say it were, but who they think they are. Um, <laughs> we we basically showed them no respect and we we play better than them and show that we're, we're actually not far away from where they think that they are. You know what I'm saying? So I think on the landscape, of the, and they had their, their full strength uh, team. Um, I think they, some of their fans will say, oh, Partey didn't play, but that's that's the choice in the manager. I think, you know, Jorginho, Partey, whatever, if you want to say potato, potato. I, I think at the same time, that that was the, the choice of the manager. And I think there was barely any injuries. Saka was there, Martinelli was there. Gary Jesus was there. Um, so, yeah, man, I think first, yeah, first phase of the game was really, really impressive. But what, what were your thoughts? Now, if you, now you've seen it back a couple of times. Um, what were your thoughts on the first kind of phases and openings of the game? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I agree with you in terms of like how, um, like how many kind of unforced errors were happening at times at the like right at the beginning but I think it was also because of the conditions like it was mm. it was the rain was bad and obviously you know already like when you're playing in that rain and it's chucking it down like that you know it's affecting everything like what you see the the passes the pace of the passes so I think a few times you know a lot of players were making uh you know basic mistakes but I think Early on in the game, I think what set the tone for me was Kukurea's aggression, Conor Gallagher's aggression. I think there was a few times they got the ball into their danger men like Saka and Martinelli and straight away you see Gusto clamping at the heels. You could see um, Kukurea, he was, I think, one of the first challenges he had. I think the first one-on-one he had with Saka, Saka tries to go past him, he gets the ball and then Saka ends up fouling him. And straight after mm. that, it was kind of a like confidence builder for for Kukurea because he kind of knew, all right, cool, I'm in this. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if whereas it was, if it was, was beautiful. I can't lie, it was beautiful to see because I felt like in that moment, yeah, and it was early doors, and it happened a couple times. But I think about the third time it happened, the fans were like cheering behind him. I'm like, okay, and you felt yeah, him yeah. grow, <laughs> like you saw him grow, like as a as a like a as a player, like okay, these lot are behind me now. Fucking hell. Like, finally. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, exactly. And and I think, like, in those games as well, yeah, you know, as a fan, you know me already, me, passion merchant, bro. When I saw that, <laughs> I was like, yeah, bro, he's on it today. I said, yeah, this is what I need. This is what I need. I said, 
Kukureya flying into challenge. When he, when he flew into that challenge, yeah, to get the, the VAR um, decision checked, yeah, I said, yeah. yeah, this guy, he's on dirt. He's, he's, on, he's on front today. He, he doesn't care. So, yeah, man. I, it was, yeah, it was, it's, it was really- it's true, though. It's true, because like me, you know me, I'm, I'm, I secretly am a passion merchant. You know, I, I like, I like <laughs> football. I don't get Twitter. I like football. I like ballers, but I like a little cruncher here and there. So, when I saw him, like, the way he was moving, I'm like, yeah, all right, Crooks. This is what I'm on. Because... I feel like at times, Cuckoo, whilst he's a bit aggressive, over-aggressive, I think he's more aggressive to intercept rather than actually engage with his, his opponent. And I think he was so aggressive in his engagement with Saka. And obviously, Saka's like, for me, you can see, he's definitely one of the better wingers in the league, one of the best wingers in the league. Um, and I think the way he was playing, um, he was kind of playing into Cuckoo's hand. And I think there was a point in the second half, I think it was a third, let's say second half, where... He almost takes a dive, yeah? Not even a dive. Let's say Cuckoo gets him, yeah? He clips him. And Saka could have ran onto the ball. Like, he could have got the ball, in fact. But Saka just stopped, you know what I mean? To turn around at the referee and say, bro. And then Kukurea, um got the little warning from the from the referee, one more, then you're, you're getting a card, basically. <laughs> and that kind, of put, that kind of put Cooks back on his, like, toes again. Like, almost like, oh, fuck. You know, so the aggression kind of dropped off a bit. And I think in the second half, you could see, and I think, I don't know if Kukurea got a yellow, but I think... Um, he did, yeah, he did. He did, right? So after, that's what I'm saying. So Saka's not, Saka, I think that like, people don't think, yeah. I think Saka is not only like one of the best like, wingers in terms of like his all-round skill set, but I think he's also very, very intelligent. And he knows how to get his opponents booked. He knows how to win penalties and fouls and, and fouls um and dive. Like he knows how to do it at the right time. He knows how to create contact. Um and he also knows how to put his fullbacks on, on ropes. Because if he knows he's not physically getting a better you, if he knows that he's not um actually being able to outwit you in terms of what he's doing on the pitch, then he'll definitely try and get the referees on side. And I think that's very, very, very clever from him. Because yeah, the moment he did that, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I know Kukurea is getting this yellow card. So Kukurea, yeah. again, after that chat, after that um, little warning from the referee, he goes into Saka again, aggressively gets a yellow card, which I don't think is a yellow card, but he gets it anyway. Now, the aggression isn't quite there. And then Saka, as you can see, as the game got on, became more influential because Kukurea couldn't be as aggressive. If Kukurea didn't yeah. get that yellow card, then he would have been on him like throughout the game. And Saka doesn't really, wouldn't be able to influence the game like he did in the first half. You know what I'm saying so, yeah. like, I think it's very good games watching from Saka. Um, he's he, he very sneaky like that, but I, I like that about a player still. Um, but yeah, Kukurea, I think, as a performer, I think he, he done really, really well for most of the game. Um, so yeah, man, I feel like Chelsea handled that first phase really, really well because Arsenal are pretty good starters, it, it, especially in recent years. Um, and if you allow them to play, they can blow you away. Uh, and I think we didn't allow them to get into the room at all. Um, it was good play again. Sterling with a fantastic cross. But Modric again, that off the ball movement that we've been talking about for weeks. Modric's off the ball movement looked really, really good. Ran into the box. That header was goal bound as well. So the, the the handball was probably the right decision. Although people would say it's a bit harsh. I think that that you was probably going in that header. You know what though, me? Yeah, well. When they talk about they when they talk about the penalty, yeah, and they talk about like the whole hand movement and everything and it being harsh. Yeah, cool, whatever. Um, we don't like it as fans like that those penalties in general are being given. We don't like mm. some of these laws and rules that they have in the game now, in the modern game. But one thing I want to point out is Saliba was struggling with that whole bit of play. He was mm-hmm. struggling with that whole bit of play because for Mudrik to get in front of him the way he did, you've already made a mistake. Right. You understand? You've already made a mistake because that's that's why his his um attempt to, to to obviously obviously try and stop Madrid was so awkward in the first place. Yeah, tracks. You know what I mean? Because his whole body, like everything about him is just wrong in that in that moment. Everything about him, what Saliba's doing in that moment, is just wrong. His the way his body is, the way his arms yeah. are, the way everything and you know and the way that you look at Saliba anyway, the way he plays and the way he defends generally is all quite measured, all quite controlled. And in exactly. that moment that instance, he was definitely displaced and definitely wasn't in the right body shape um, and wasn't really reading the danger pretty well. Um, so that's yeah. why, like you said, he was awkward. His hand was in a, in, in a weird position, in, a, in an off position. And to be honest, that penalty is a penalty. 
um, it, it's it. You actually want to say it's harsh, and I, I could understand where you're coming from if it's harsh. I wouldn't say I'd be fume. I'd, I'd be like, I'd be like, you know what? Fair enough. I'd be, but I'd be like, you know what? Fair enough. Um, because just the way his body was, and that goal, that that ball's going in. You know what I mean? So if 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 that, if we were to, if that was to not be given, I'd be pissed off basically. Um, considering the amount of penalties that I've seen that have been given in in recent weeks. Um, so yeah, I think that that was that was really really good. Um, and then Cole Palmer steps up again. Raheem Sterling tried to take the ball away from him, and you know what I mean. He got he, he got summed a little bit by Enzo Fernandez, which I respect because Enzo is far far younger than Raheem, far less senior. But ultimately, he's got the balls and the, yeah, just the temperament to say, you know what, Raheem, nah, we're let, letting Cole take it because Cole took our last pen, so we're, we're you know he, he's a pen taker. Certainly, that's it. Um, so I respect that a lot. I respect that a lot. Um, he took the pen again, slotted it really, really nicely. Um, and yeah, man, I thought yeah, one nil, real good, real good value for the one nil. Still, um, I think we had a couple other chances as well that I felt we should have buried. Man, that would have been ah. But that that, that game was a that game was a, a game of quite a few missed chances, missed opportunities, especially that if you're looking at that opportunities to pass the ball and. You know the wrong decisions were being made, or, or good saves were being made. I just feel like, ah, you know, we had the very good moments, especially in the first half, man. Very, very good moments where I thought we could think, put the game in, away. In the yeah, in the first half, I think like with the midfield, um, I'm sure we'll touch on like a couple of them. Well, we'll touch on the main main guy in midfield's performance because I think there's only one guy we need to probably go in depth with. That doesn't mean that the other two didn't have a good game, but there uh, there's undoubtedly one person that we need to talk about in the midfield in this game because he was absolutely exceptional. but um, And he was also the leader of what I'm about to say now in terms of what the midfield was doing. But the way we were winning second balls, uh, you know, like the game was messy. And and I think a lot of people have kind of misunderstood some Chelsea fans when they said that we've played well in this game. Just because we say we've played well doesn't mean that we, we're saying that we played liquid football and we passed you off the pitch. Yeah. But what we did was we 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 stuck to our game plan, and when it came to the intensity, we were better. When it came to the work mm. rate, we outworked them. When it came to you know when it came to winning second balls, we done that too. And then even when they got the ball and they were making poor decisions, I feel like some of that was a result of us just being so busy, bro. Some of it was down to the Arsenal players. Don't get me wrong. Some of them had absolutely horrid games. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like Odegaard for me. Even me personally, I can admit I've seen him play way better than that. But I also think that Odegaard was rattled by what was around him as well because we weren't giving them time yeah. on the ball. They, we did not let them feel comfortable in that game. And for me, that's a massive part of football in terms of if you've gotten into your opponent's head that much where you're now no longer comfortable to play your game, you've done your, you've done a big part of your job already. Do you know right. what I mean? So, and and Conor Gallagher was at the forefront of that. He was at the forefront of that, bro. Like, the whole game, the whole game, he was he was kind of like doing what Kukure was doing at left-back, where he was he was being aggressive. He was, clamp, he was, you know, he was trying to clamp heels as soon as they got the ball. He wasn't even, like, up front and that, when it wasn't Palmer pressing, it was Gallagher pressing, and then Enzo would yeah. follow, and then Caicedo would follow, and those it kind of things. It's infectious, Man, bro. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So look, let's let's talk about CG. Yeah, let's talk about Conor Gallagher. Um, because bro, one that I've said for a very long time is Angolo Kante, Conor Gallagher. Now, again, let me preface this: Conor Gallagher is nowhere near the level of Angolo. Yeah, and I'm gonna say that one more time: Conor Gallagher is nowhere near the level of Angolo Kante. But I said since 2019. Player that is in the same archetype as N'Golo Kante is Conor Gallagher, and I think a player that you once you start to recognize the guy's strengths, you start to appreciate the player. And I think our fans need to really start looking at what his actual strengths are. And I think if you look at the, the reception after the Arsenal game, a lot of our fans have kind of turned their corner and be like, you know what, fuck it, man, I, I, I like Conor. You know what I mean? Because they could see it, like they get it. From a tactical yeah. perspective, from a tactical from a tactical perspective, he like uh, you need a player like that in your squad. Like everyone's clamoring 
offering for a hundred and five million pound Declan Rice here, but he does similar. He does a similar function for Arsenal. Um, he recovers the ball. He tries to drive up the pitch. He keeps his passes relatively simple, um, and yeah, he tries to, to tries to contribute on both ends of the pitch. That's pretty much what Conor Gallagher does for us. And again, in a midfield where you have three hundred million pounds worth of talent, um, whether that's Declan Rice, um, Caicedo, and Enzo Fernandez, um, uh, a free you know a free academy graduate play better than all of them. Um, and he was the standout more than all of them. He was fantastic. Um, again, like you said, rattling into the challenges, extremely intelligent in his pressing. He was a pressing trigger. Um, I, I just think, honestly, his quality was just... And also his quality on the ball as well. I don't think he gave that many slack passes at all. I think I was good. Bro, his I was dribbling good. and catching... Yeah, I was everything. Say that, bro. Everything was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like just Conor Gallagher in terms of like off the ball, he was great. Yeah, but then I don't want to do this thing where he like in that game he was just good off the ball because that run that he has where he runs past like two, three guys and then plays that pass into Cole Palmer for him to just when he hits it and it just goes past the post. Like, everything about that was quality yeah. from Conor, and I think th- those little things there. Like, listen, it's not. It's not like your elite dribblers dribbling with the ball and playing that pass, but sometimes it doesn't need to be, bro. Like that, that was quite. Um, it's a basic dribble and it's a nice little pass into Cole Palmer. But Conor Gallagher does have some quality on the ball as well. He's not like useless. He's not useless. Yeah. I just think, let like if we're being if we're being real, our main problem with Conor on the ball was just him dropping deep. We never ever yeah. really said that. We never really said that you know, up the pitch, he's he's useless or, you know, we don't want to see him on the ball up the pitch. Like, it was never that. So, I think you're right, man. Uh, bro, the guy deserves his flowers, bro. Like, he was he was, he was was sensational in that game, I think. Yeah. So, so, those see those drives through the middle, up the pitch, um, like, like you said, like, like, obviously, N'Golo used to do that often for us. Um, one of the best qualities and one of the best things that you get with uh, N'Golo is where he wins the ball relatively high at the pitch and then slots in the guy and then they score the goal. And you're not really seeing it. And it may not be even be the guy who's passed, he's passed it to that we that scores the goal. But that interception, that carrying you and driving you up the pitch is what brings about the goal. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And I think those sort of those sort of qualities are so, so important, man. So important. And I think honestly, Connor. Um, I, I love the fact that he's changed a lot of people's minds, honestly, because I think people are so quick to say, you know what, he's rubbed, he's not good, let's get rid, he shouldn't be playing for Chelsea. And I think since he's you know, been given the captaincy, I think he's gone from strength to strength. Again, whilst I still don't agree with him being our captain, I'm not going to be sad about it because it's Connor. You know what I mean? I think he, he's he's been genuinely fantastic for us this season, definitely one of our best players so far. Um, and, and yeah, man, go on. No, sorry, I was just gonna say as well, credit to Potch as well, because I think two things that he's done with Connor that I think can can be very good for the squad in general and just their mental, like in terms of the way they're looking at things. There was a lot of talk about Connor leaving, Potch has gone completely against all of that. He's played him, not only has he played him, he's got him in form and he's got him starting regularly. And now mm. there's going to be some players that are looking at this thinking, you know what? It's not just the big names that are getting chances. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not just the hundred million pound guys that are, you know, at the forefront of things and, and, and are being favoured or whatever. Whereas, you know, some managers in the past, that's what it's been. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, sometimes it might not matter if you're not playing that well because you cost this much money, you're playing. But Conor Gallagher is... Like Poch has kind of gone against everything and he's playing Conor Gallagher. Um, and I think it's good for the other players that are looking at it. Players like Mudrick, do you know what I mean? That are looking at Conor Gallagher and they're thinking, you know what, this guy has played his way into the team. He's worked hard. That's what I need to do. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. It's definitely good for um, squad chemistry because you could definitely look at players and think, you know what? Like Kukurea, for example, another example, and we could talk about Kukurea in a second, but these players that feel like it's not impossible for them to play. They feel like they're getting an opportunity, even when the outside noise is saying that they don't deserve it. They're still, 
you know, in line for opportunities. And um, I think, like you said, Connor's definitely played his way into the team. And um, whilst we say we're, we're looking excited for Lavia, I'm excited for him to come back. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a fan of Ugo Chuku, But I think, honestly, positions should be earned. So screaming that Lavia has to play or must start ahead of Connor is one thing. In theory, cool. But it's on Lavia to win that shirt. It's on yeah. all these men to win that shirt. And you, one thing you can't begrudge Connor for is that he, he's won that shirt and deserves it. You get it? So these men have to take these opportunities by the scruff and, and earn it. And that, that goes for Mudrick, like you said. Mudrick has been given the opportunity to start frequently. And I think he's starting to repay that faith. And he's starting to look really, really good, really, really sharp. And I, I said last week on the pod, Man's gonna. Oh, what do we say? We say he's gonna come on the pot. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna. What? He's gonna explode against Arsenal. Um, and he didn't quite. I think he he, he had a pretty good game, but he, I won't say that he exploded. But I think you could see the quality is there, man. You could see the quality is really, really there. And I think a goal like that against Arsenal, all it does is it 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 it, it gives the fans confidence in your ability to do things, right? And that's really important because that energy. Players feed off, especially a player like Modric, in my opinion, who's a, a relatively emotional type of player. So I think yeah. if he feels the energy from the fans, I think, boy, we've got a real, real problem on our hands, man, in terms of our player. I think he's going to be really, really good for us. Um, so, yeah, man, I, it's, it, it's interesting. But I, I did want to give a special shout-out to Kukurea. Um, I thought he was really, really good, man. The way he handled Saka for most of that game, I think he was really, really good. Obviously, towards the latter part of the game, he weren't able to, you know, get as close and tight to Saka because he was on the yellow card. But, yeah, I want to give a special shout-out to Cooks, especially after the, the terrible start, really, he's had to his Chelsea career. But, um, yeah, man, very, very impressed. Very, very impressed. Um but yeah, obviously, as byproduct of that, other players potentially could be leaving. Obviously, there's there's talks about Ian Matson um, potentially being moved on, which is is so jarring, so so jarring. Um, but as long as Kukurea can be putting out performances that I can be proud of, then it, I I don't want Matson to go, but I'd I'd accept it if Kukurea was actually performing well. You know what I mean? Um, I, I do think but, as well. I, I do think as well. Poch still has Colwell there as well in his mind at some in yeah. some game because I think it's it's to do with squad balance as well. I think you know we've spoken about Badia Shield possibly maybe coming in against Blackburn. You know for a fact if he has a solid game, looks good, you know looks fit, then now he's all of a sudden back in the mix, and he's a left centre back. So it's like. Mm. Poch might look at it as, oh, you know what? I've got my left centre back there. I've got Silver and Desassi as my right centre backs. I've got my two right backs, so now I need my two left backs. And then it will only make sense for them to be Colwell and 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 Kukurea, especially if he's mm. well, if Kukurea's, um playing the way he has because he he played like that against Brighton as well, didn't he? I think he went yeah. right back. Yeah. So it's yeah. not just even the Arsenal game; like he's actually shown this season that. You know, he's ready to kind of repay. I mean, you know, he's never been a bad player. Like, to me, he's never been a bad player. And I always say this to you, bro. It's like very difficult for me to assess players given what transpired last season. Like, it's almost impossible for me because it was so bad. Like, the conditions were so bad. The environment was so bad. And I feel like you could look at it now and you could see that the dressing room seems like a happier place. I'm not like a man reader or a body language expert, but you could just see that a lot of the players feel more comfortable and happy where they're at. Um, and yeah, that's that's a byproduct of having a relatively smaller squad, um, and everyone putting it in the right direction or same direction. Um, yeah, there was a moment, yeah. there, was, there was a little moment in that Arsenal game, yeah. Sorry, just to say, like, because you're talking about like the chemistry and the squads and that, and it's like there's a little moment in that Arsenal game where the ball goes towards Poch and, and Palmer, I think he goes to get the ball or something, Poch grabs him, like, grabs him, like, yeah. <laughs> And you're just thinking to yourself, right, like, Poch has really got these boys, like, on side already kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like they're all his little sons and that. It's it's mad. I think I think they are. The chemistry, I think, is it's definitely going in the right direction. You're, you're, you're 100% spot on there, bro. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's, um, 
yeah, we're just going to see how long it, it lasts, really. Um, but I definitely think in terms of culture and chemistry, I think the players are all playing for one another. Um, and obviously, there's just still more to come. Obviously, we've still got players to come back fit. Obviously, you just mentioned Badi Ashil is almost there. I think if he's not here um, against Brentford, then he's definitely going to be available against Blackburn, which is going to be, a, um, I think it's the EFL Cup game. So, yeah, man, I think things are looking good. Um, there is one name that I do want to mention because it seems like, you know, when people are doing the uh, combined 11s, people are forgetting certain names, but Christoph Nkunku. Um, reports are saying that he is looking or he, returning real soon apparently um, and I can only stress I can't stress enough how much of a boost that will be to our team um, because I think a lot of people look at Nkunku as this saviour and I'm not saying that he is but what you get with Nkunku is a certain quality that I think that we lack currently in our in our team um, and I, I'm excited to see how that kind of works and how that plans out um, I, I want to kind of get your thoughts on Nkunku. I don't know if you really know too much of him as a player or you like him as a player as much, but where do you kind of see him fitting in? Because again, that kind of poses a problem. We're all talking about, oh, where does Jackson, is Jackson going to play? Is Mojo going to play? Mm. Where do you see it all fitting in? Because I think Cole Palmer actually, he's from the spanner in the works still because Cole Palmer, <laughs> that 21-year-old, you're thinking, you know what? He's a young G. You're going to let time, take time to bed him in, but you might be thinking, hmm, well, Nkunku, where, where do you fit into all of this piece that this piece right now? Um, but yeah, get what are your thoughts, Jay. It, it's funny because I think towards the end of preseason, it looked like he was going to start on the left for us and kind of link up with Jackson a lot. And I think Sterling was going to be on the right, and then we were going to have maybe Carney or someone else in that mm. 10 role. And all of a sudden, Cole Palmer's come in. He's hit the ground running. Like he said, he's thrown a spanner in the works. Clearly looks like a starter now. He's on pens. He's he's assisting. He's, he's, he's you know, he's running the parts of the game at times. So, you know, Bro. for a fact, he's a starter. So now... It's, so it's now, peak. <laughs> it's peak because if you, look at, if you look at, if you look at, like, just the creative balance of our team, you know, taking out Palmer might be just mad because, like, Where's the creative Falcon coming? Like, I know Nkunku, don't get it twisted. He is all at, he's got everything, right? So he can assist, he can score. But a prime creator, I don't think you want to take that at your team. In my opinion, you always want an attacking Falcon. You always want a creative Falcon in your attack. And if 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 you can get a creative Falcon in your midfield, you get it. So I think Palmer. You can't. You for me. You can't. You can't take him out of the team at the moment. That like, you can't. Mad. You can't, bro. And the thing is, yeah, and it's like, with, go on. No, sorry. I was just gonna say with the fitness thing and the whole intensity thing as well. Cole Palmer is like all of that is quality that he gives us, right? And we've spoken about his creativity and all of this stuff that he gives us. He's a good striker at the ball. He can probably get a couple goals. He's on pens, but he's also a worker, bro. Like he's yeah. he's out there like pressing and working. He's He's intercepted the ball from keepers a couple of times because he worked so hard. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, like you're saying, right now, you can't drop Palmer, bro. One one, mm. one Palmer is here to stay, bro. He's, he's going to be playing for a while. You can't take him out. Yeah, bro. But that's what I'm saying. One, one Palmer. <laughs> you can't take him out, bro. Bro, it's, bro, it's tough. It's tough. Because I'm, I'm, I'm actually just thinking, like, logically. I'm like, how does this really fit, like? Because I, I can't I can't see myself taking out a jogador who likes to feed families. Like I just I just I can't do it. I can't do it. Like Palmer is a player that I think he generally in the final third will make the right decisions like nine times out of ten. You get it. Like he, he will make the yeah. right decisions nine times out of ten. Like if he's in a position to shoot, he'll shoot. If he's in a position to thread someone in, he'll thread someone in. Um, bro, I, I, it's it's a tough one, but ultimately, like I said about Lavia, like I said about Badia Shield, like I said about all of these players, nobody is set in stone, right? So everybody mm-hmm. has to earn the shirt. You can't be having man on just based off name alone. You have to be earning the shirt, B. And I think 
it's on Nkunku to get that, take that shirt off Palmer, or take that shirt off Jackson, or take that shirt off Mudrick, or take that shirt off Sterling. It's on, it's on these, man. Do you get it? And there's also yeah. a thing where you buy like this. Poch is, he is in a good position because he doesn't have to force these men in. Especially after long injury layoff, you can work them back in gradually. And if they're better for the team, so be it. You include them, you start them, whatever. But if not, then you don't need to force it. You know what I'm trying to say? You don't need to force it. And there's also a positive of, there's, finally, there's also a positive of the fact that none of these players have worked with Pot for a very long time. So he isn't implicitly biased to any one of them. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's another positive. So that gives encouragement to the players that aren't playing, but also gives encouragement to the players that are playing because it means that your position isn't fully set in stone. So you have to work for it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, that's yeah. Basically, what I was gonna say is what you've just literally said. I think um, Poch has shown a few times already that he'll he'll drop like he'll drop man with a name to to play someone else, bro. Like it's not it's not set in stone. Like, everybody thought he weren't going to drop Chilwell at all. And don't get it twisted. Chilwell's injured now, yes. But he dropped him before that. Let's not forget. Like, he dropped mm-hmm. Chilwell before that. So, he's dropped Chilwell. I think he's dropped Sterling even to play Mudrick a couple of times. He's he's bought in Palmer. Do you know what I mean? He's played Broyer over Jackson even. So, mm-hmm. like, Poch has shown a few times already. Like, I know we were a bit scared about it at first. We were kind of looking at it. And that's, whole part, that's the whole... Um, that's the whole part of like getting to know your new manager. Do you know what I mean? We rightfully question certain things that he does. We wait and mm. see if he changes them. And then we give him the credit when when he does when he gets things right. And at the beginning, obviously, he showed that, you know, he was experimenting and doing a few things. We didn't like it, rightfully so. Um, and now we've seen the other side of him where he's showing us good man management. He's showing us that he will drop players. Do you know what I mean? He will give others opportunities. And yeah, bro. I, I think the only thing for Nkunku that might go in his favour is that strikers need to bang goals. And at That's... the end of the day, Jackson and Broya could have 10 good performances. But if those performances don't have a goal in them, Nkunku will get an opportunity. That's the only thing he's got on his side in terms of getting into this team quicker than quicker than he deserves to, if if I say that. I think I think that's fair to say because like you I agree with you. He has to earn the shirt when he comes mm. back, especially if the team is playing well and winning games. But if the strikers are not part of that process in terms of us winning games, in terms of them not getting the goals, I can still see Nkunku not having to do much to get the to get that opportunity, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I fully agree. I fully agree. It's interesting, man. I've been I've been like, you know, I'm not like, you know, I'm not saying that I'm fully all in on Poch, but there's a feeling that's being restored. I must admit, there's a feeling that's being restored. So the fact now that I'm, quite, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching training videos again. Look, I'm watching training videos again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wasn't watching training videos on the Potter. So I'm here, man. I'm here. I get it. Hey, I hear, I hear Chino, bro. Chino is not happy, bro. Bro, man, perfectly <laughs> silent for the entire pod, and now he's like barking off the storm. Like it's, it's he knows joke, it's chessy but... hour, bro. He said one hour done, bro. Uh, it's pain, it's pain, it's pain. But yeah, that hour is up. Obviously, Jay, my boy, appreciate your time, man. Appreciate your time. Oh, we didn't even get scoreline predictions for Brentford, so I'm, I'm going to ask the final question. Talk to me. What do you think scoreline is going to be against Brentford on Saturday? Um, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty confident about us defensively at the moment. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go for the team getting a clean sheet, obviously, after kind of throwing away one that looked like we were going to get on the weekend last weekend. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think um, I'll back the team to get a clean sheet this time. It's at home as well. I think the the last performance was at home and it was an encouraging performance at home until we kind of threw it, threw it away. Or not kind of, we, we basically did throw it away. So, yeah, man, I'm, go- I'm going for a clean sheet against Brentford. I think if we play anything like how we played against... Um, Arsenal, I, f- I don't think they'll have the quality to kind of even get themselves back into any kind of position, you know, if we can get, if we manage to get one or two up. So, yeah, man, I- I'll go for a 2-0 win, I think. 
cool. I'm going to say 3-1. Um, I'm going to actually back Jackson and Modric to score. Um, Fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to back. I'm backing both of them to score. Um, I backed Modric last week, so I'm backing them again this week. Um, I think there's just this feeling for me, this is my over overanalyzing. I just feel like he's settled now, man. I think there's a there's a degree of settledness and happiness that I can see in him, and you can see it on the pitch, man. So I think, yeah, Modric, Modric and Jackson goals. Um, the other, let's just say, let's say I think Caicedo might scrub one. So I think, yeah, Enzo, Kais, yeah, I'm gonna say Caicedo. Um, yeah, Caicedo, Jackson. Sports Social Podcast Network. Modric's score 3-1 or 3-0. Um, but yeah, man, I think it's going to be a good performance, hopefully. I um, mean, hopefully they back it up after that Arsenal one. But um, yeah, man, it's been Chesley Awa. Appreciate the time, Jay. And um, yeah, we'll be back again next week. Hopefully with a, a comfy 3-0 win against Brentford we'll be talking about. And then, uh, yeah, also a nice little midweek win against Blackburn. But yeah, let, let, let's see how it all goes.